0: What's up? What's up y'all? Um welcome to the first episode of Treyball. Um this is my basketball show, you know, I talk about everything basketball. Um if you know me, I used to have a show called Passion Podcast where I talked about basketball and at the same time talk about wrestling. Haven't been following wrestling too much as I used to. So, and basketball has been something I actually been like a fan of since I was a kid. Wrestling too, but basketball was more so like prominent more so attainable to me even though i wasn't as good at it still ain't to this day i'll get some of y'all buckets though don't <laughs> don't 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 get me wrong i'll get some of y'all buckets ask them, ask around <laughs> but anyway that's besides the point this is a basketball show and basically i'm just gonna talk about everything basketball so without further ado let's get straight to it um first thing i want to talk about today um even though we kind of started off on a high note um this this has been news all over the week it's been like not even just basketball news, it's been world news. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, his death, with, along with his daughter Gianna and the seven other people that was on that helicopter that crashed on Sunday afternoon, Eastern Standard Time, it was Sunday morning, West Pacific Standard Time, I should say. Um, at first, when I heard about it, it was... I remember, because like I was walking into work and a friend of mine, who's also a fellow journalist, he was he told me, he said, you heard Kobe died. I looked, I said, man, I said, get out of my face, bro, that's some fake stuff. And I was like, because like this, me even uttering those words, Kobe's dead, like Kobe Bryant just died. Like it just, to this day, this, we're like five days removed from that, from that accident. And like, I still can't fathom the fact that like, this man is dead. He died at the age of 41, Um, a lot like I said, along with other people, uh, rest in peace to all of them um it it's tragic, like in my lifetime and me being only twenty one years old, I've experienced some like famous celebrity deaths uh I remember when Michael Jackson died uh prince dying uh but at this age that I'm at now, mortality is not i'm not gonna say it's more like evident in my mind because I'm still so young, but just. The, the way I'm thinking and just like what Kobe he has not meant to me because I wasn't the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. I know people that are, and they're like are real like diehard Laker fans, but it's just as a basketball lover it's I know what he has meant so much into the game of basketball. And just, as you see now that he is there, you see what he's meant to so much, not even just the game of basketball, but just the world in general, like people outside of sports, like you don't have to watch basketball. Like it it becomes apparent that you see how much of a name that this man or just how much of a like this icon this man has become in, in today's society. When people outside who don't even watch basketball, they know who Kobe Bryant is. And people are like shocked at the fact that this man is dead. Like I was talking to one of my coworkers and like she had her nails painted purple and gold. And she I asked her, say, Are you a big basketball fan? Like, did you pay attention to Kobe Bryant like that? Yeah. She said no. But she was like just talking about like how, how he died, like how is it sad and like knowing that like his reach went beyond basketball and if you pay attention to him after his uh after he retired in 2016 like this man was doing more than just basketball he went on to win an oscar he went on well, it was either the oscar Emmy i think it was yeah i think it was it was an oscar actually it was an oscar for his show uh Dear Basketball and like he was doing more and more different type of like ventures that he was doing like kobe has been if you like if you looked into him has been one of those guys who just was a hard worker, and he would just challenge and do anything. He was one of those people that, like, why can't you do it? Like, just, you can put, if you put forth the effort and work hard for it, why can't you do it? Like, this man was fluent in languages that, that, like, you wouldn't think a a kid from Philly would be fluent in, like, his talk about. Like, this guy was fluent in Italian. This man knew Slovenian, as we saw when he was, like, trash-talking Luca at the game. Like, in other languages, like, it's just... It's crazy what this man, like in the impact he has on the world, or like like I said, just not this outside of sports, just the world in general. And to me personally, like, like I when I found out about that news, I was like just stunned. They're like, wait, Kobe, Kobe Bryant's dead. Like, that's not something I imagine myself saying at 21. Maybe when I was, like, 61 or 80, like, 61 years, look like, he's, what, 20 years old. I mean, that's something I would imagine saying, like, hearing about when I'm, like, really old. Like, ah, his time has come. Like, let us not forget, David Stern just died a couple weeks ago as well. Like, earlier this month. Like, he just died too. But, like, we, we seen, like, he was a little bit older age. And, like, yes, he has meant a lot to the basketball world and what he has contributed. But we was, like... His death was more celebratory because it wasn't as a tragic accident like Kobe Bryant's death is. Not saying that, like, ah, we happy he's dead. Like, it's just that when you get to that age, it's like, okay. And when you have, like, terminal illnesses and you battle so much throughout life, you expect, like, ah, it's, it's, it's his time. But Kobe, he was still, like, in human life, life, uh, span time, this man was still relatively young. Granted, you might think, like, ah, oh, 41. This man was old. Because if we think, like you think when you're 30-something in the NBA, you think that's old. Really not. This man's still relatively young, had a lot to accomplish, and let alone his daughter was on that helicopter as, as well, who was the reason why he was getting back into basketball anyways while we started seeing him at these games more often. Because we didn't see Kobe at these games since he retired. The last game we saw him at was his jersey retirement, which was last year. And before that, we didn't even see Kobe for real. And it's as heartbreaking... Like, even to me, like, it's, like, it, it, it weighed on me a little bit. Cause Like I said, I'm not even the biggest Kobe fan, but the fact that this man is now gone and the way that in the matter he he died, as well as his daughter, as well as the other type of people involved on in that crash, like, it's, it's tragic. And it's, it's going to be, like, one of those moments that looking back from, like, years from now, it's going to be like, where was you at when Kobe Bryant died? And, like, it's, I don't even know, like, how to, like, fully, like, put it into, like, words to, like, really, like, grasp. Cause, like, it's still, like, unreal to me. Like, like I said, like, saying those words don't seem real to me at all. Because it's, like, how could this happen so soon in that way? Like, people said, oh, you should have never, like, rolled a helicopter. You should have drove. But if you know L.A., L.A. traffic is really bad. And Kobe, there was a video that circulated around the internet, like, even Kobe talking about, like, how he even, like, looked into helicopters and why he started flying helicopters because it, it was a quick way to get to place to place. Kobe, like I said, was a hardworking man, had a, like, crazy work ethic that that everybody, like, could, could try to strive to be, but, like, this man was, was a crazy work ethic. And he, like, would use it, as he said, to try to make time to, like, if he got a chance to, like, take his kids to school and get from, like, place to place. And he'd done it for years. So it's not like this was his first time riding in the helicopter and, like, oh, it was, like, it was just simple error. But, like, as people are investigating more and more trying to find out the, the reason for the crash, it's, I don't know. It was, it's just tragic, just to say the least. Um, recently, we've seen his wife, uh, Vanessa, just post something on Instagram about the death. Um and you, you you gotta imagine what she's going through right now, losing not only her husband but her daughter too, and like just the mourning of just her and the other families involved in this because there was also a whole family that was on that helicopter as well it was of two it was a parent, two parents, mother and father, and their daughter so I, and from what I heard and what I believe there they, they also had kids, so imagine what their kids are going through as well. And like I said, the other f- the families, of the other people that was on that helicopter, how they are affected by this is, it's tragic to say the least. Um, she posted on Instagram. I'm pulling it up right now, actually, and a long message. I will read uh, if you haven't said it. She said, um, "It's it's just sad. It, it, it gets to me." Um, she said, "My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who shown support and love during this horrific time. Thank you, for, thank you for all the prayers. We definitely need them." We are completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We are also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share in their grief intimately. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessing taken taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light, are shining on us to light the way. Our love for them is endless and that's to say immeasurable. I just wish I could hug them, kiss them, and bless them, have them here with us forever. Thank you for sharing with. You. Thank you for sharing your joy, your grief, and your support with us. We ask that you grant us the respect and privacy we will need to navigate this new reality. To honor our team Mamba family, the Mamba Sports Foundation has set up the Mamba on Three Fund to help support the other families affected this affected by this tragedy. To donate. Please go to MambaOn3.org to further Kobe and Gianna's legacy in youth sports. Please visit MambaSportsFoundation.org. So, like I said, we see that, like, as I read that message, Gianna has been, not Gianna, but Vanessa has been, like, deeply affected by this. And like I said, she she wants her privacy, which is completely respectable after this situation. So... If you would like to go ahead and don't, donate to that fund and help those and that family um, who are grieving with the situation because like I said it's, it's it's pretty tragic when you look at it and it's just it's, a, it's, it's an impact on not even just basketball but just the world in general so take a water so that's just my thoughts on that situation right there. Uh, rest in peace Kobe. Rest in peace, Gigi, and rest in peace to the others that uh, were on that helicopter crash. So, with that being said, um, let's continue on with the show. I just had to kind of get that out the way. I know I kind of started off on a on a somber note, um, but that's just, like I said, that's been something that's big in basketball, and like I said, just in the world. And I, I just had to talk about that, but let's keep going with the show, and let's keep talking about uh, basketball, because... The game just gotta keep going. I know Tuesday, the Clippers and Lakers game was canceled in respect (coughs) excuse me. In respect to Kobe and just those that were affected by that because the Lakers, of course, and the Lakers organization were were deeply affected by this. Rob Polinka, if if y'all don't know, was Kobe Bryant's agent, uh, who is now the president of basketball operations for the LA Lakers. He got promoted from GM. Uh, he was, uh, like I said, he was Kobe's agent, Jeannie Bus, who was extremely cold, uh, close with Kobe Bryant. And she called him sometimes in times of, like, just despair, just, like, just needing somebody to talk to. Kobe was also a good person that a lot of people in the Lakers organization or just outside in basketball would just talk to from time to time because he was just that guy to go to when they needed, like, some motivation. Um, so out of respect, the Clippers and Lakers did not play. Uh, the Clippers did play get, uh, last night against the Kings. They did lose. Uh, if I pull up the score, actually, uh, they played last night and I um, oh, heard it is they played and they lost to the Kings, 124 to 103. Uh, the Lakers are playing right now actually as I'm recording. it. they playing the Portland Trailblazers, which is the first game, uh, the Lakers have played uh, since the incident. Um, and LeBron James, who uh, who's playing tonight, him and Andy Davis got Kobe Bryant tattoos. Uh, LeBron did just reveal that tattoo of what he had. Uh, it was like a mom mentality. It was a pretty cool-looking tattoo, actually. Um, but there was a game Wednesday night that I kind of wanted to get into that I uh, caught for a little bit. And uh, just because they are my team or one of my teams right now, not my main team, my main team is the Indiana Pacers. I, I'm a Pacers fan. That's my main team. But since I am a, a Russell Westbrook fan, I am a fan of the Houston Rockets now, and um, it's not looking like how I thought it was. I think they just won, actually, too. They they was playing the Mavericks, and last time I checked, they was beating the Mavericks. Uh, let me check the score on that. But on Wednesday, they was not doing uh, too good. And not, they haven't been doing too good as of late. More specifically, James Harden, um, yeah, they actually just won. They beat the Mavericks 128 to 121. Good for them. I'm happy. But on Wednesday, like I said, they wasn't doing too good. And James Harden's shooting numbers have been abysmal uh, lately. Uh, People have been talking. I know people have been saying, like, he's been doing this for a while. He's just chucking up shots. Not like this. Um, Granted, some games he has been putting up some, like, still good numbers, uh, like points-wise. But efficiency-wise, from the field, he's not. um, Thankfully, he's a good free-throw shooter where he's getting most of his points from. Um, in his last five games, not including the one he just played tonight, his shooting splits looked um, like this. In the Portland game, he shot five for eighteen. Uh, he was inactive the game, two games prior to that against Utah and Denver. Then before that, he played Minnesota. He shot three for thirteen with twelve points. He had uh, let me—I didn't say—he had eighteen points in the last game against Portland. We had twelve points against Minnesota. Then the game before that against Denver, he had six for thirteen. He went six for thirteen, having only twenty-seven points. Like I said, he was doing good from the free throw line. Before that, he had nine for twenty-nine from the field. It's twenty shots missed right there. It's a lot going for twenty-nine points. Like I said, doing good at the free throw line. And then before that, he went eight for twenty, um, scoring thirty-four points. Again, most of his points is coming from the free throw line. He's uh, a season average for from the free throw line this year. He is, where is the numbers? Oh, numbers. How do we love them so? Came to see him. Oh, well. But in those games, he has been shooting better than what I'm seeing right here. Yeah, he shot 100% for, for the past two games. For the ones against Portland and Minnesota. And the Denver game, he shot 87%. And Oklahoma City game, he shot 77%. And the Laker game, he shot 89%. So the free throw line is like really holding him up in these points that we've been seeing. But from the field, he's looking not too good. Um, let me pull up, actually, what's his stats looking like for tonight when he played um, Dallas. We're looking at pulling him up right now on the quick fly. James Harden stats. Mavericks. Oh, yeah, he shot good tonight. He went t- uh, 10 for 25 tonight, only missing fit and that's 15 shots. That's still a lot of shots missed. But he had 35 points. And he, had 16, he had 16 rebounds. Uh, good for James. Yes, okay. I know some of y'all are like, that's still bad, Kendall. Like, come on. The Rockets, is, is they're not looking too good. Yes, they're not looking as good as I thought or as Benny thought. Uh, they would start out this season looking. But it's a process. Um, or More specifically on that game they played on Wednesday against the Trailblazers. As everybody know this rivalry that uh has been... Made between Russ and Dane Lillard. This is as a as a Russell Westbrook fan, you know. Russell did play good on Wednesday. He had uh, 39 points, I believe. Um, this rivalry is is, I don't know. It, it messes me up because if you know me, I talk to my friends. I talk about the Trailblazers. I think they're bums. I'm sorry, that's just my personal opinion. Like I never think they they. I never think they're good. And they're not that good this year. Granted, they did lose some pieces like Alpha Farouk Aminu, Seth Curry, uh, Mo Harkless. Uh, Zach Collins is injured right now. They lost Myers Leonard. Um, they lost some good pieces that was in their rotation last year. Well, even then, I was like, ah, these guys ain't that good still. But they was third in the West last year. And this season, they're 10th in the West right now um, with the addition of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they just traded for Trevor Ariza and Caleb Swinigan. Uh they got Ronnie Hood. Uh Zach Collins, like I said, is her. Nurkic is still her. They did obtain Hassan Whiteside, Mario Hazonia. Who <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a good addition for him. I thought. But it's not helping them. But this between Russ and Dane, they've just been going at it. And Wednesday night, man, Dane was disrespectful again. I <laughs> This man literally was crossing half court and pulling up from the plate from the trailblazer logo. Two threes in Russ's face. It was just—I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but this man was giving it. But Russ was giving it to him too. Like it's not like Russ was just taking the, the butt whipping and not giving it back to him. We, we're not going like that's not Russ's game. Put some respect on his name. But uh, in that game, Lillard did get his first triple double of uh, in his career. You know, Russell has more than one. You know, leads the league, leads an all-time triple double. <laughs> But uh, Dame Lillard went on to post a picture of them two uh, hugging it after the game. Uh, and Dame Lillard with the quote on his Instagram saying, uh, or the caption I should say, saying, they confuse competing with hate when it's ruthless versus ruthless. Hashtag respect. Hashtag first triple-double. So I guess from that from that situation, it just seems that a Dame just had to earn Russ's respect. And, like, in, in basketball, it, it can get very competitive, like, a lot, like, a lot of old heads, like, you know, people, like, you know, the players today be like, oh, y'all friends. Like, we did not like each other back then, blah, 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 this and that. And this is, like, one of the most interesting rivalries in the league, especially when they go at it because it's, like, so competitive. Like, the, I would say if the Trailblazers somehow made it to the playoffs and if they get out the first round, like, just to see the Rockets and the Trailblazers in the playoffs, that would be a good thing to see because when you think about, like, just – all of the ingredients that's going into this part of this rival. Like I said, you got Russ and Dame. Camelo used to play for the Rockets and now being like he got shipped out, like basically released after what, 10 games? And now he's playing for the Trailblazers, doing good. And you got, like I said, like the Blazers don't even like Russ, like even the organization, like he was getting booed a lot of times. And uh, Trevor Reza, who did used to play for the Rockets, who was now on the Trailblazers. So it's like so many pieces you see here. I think it'll be like an interesting like matchup to see in the playoffs, but the Trailblazers is not, they, the way it's looking, they might not make it to the playoffs, so <laughs> we might not see that, but it'd be something that'd be interesting, and we saw off the season thinking that like the Rockets can, like they want to like a, a championship contender, the way it's looking, they're, <laughs> they're sitting sixth in the West, uh, fifth now actually after beating the Mavericks, They – I don't think they're going – maybe, I don't know, because people have to get on uh, James Harden not being a playoff – like showing up in the playoffs and Russell Westbrook doing the same. I disagree with Russell. But with James, it's it's up there. And one of the big questions, it it makes you ask, what is their problem? Like why can't Houston get it together? Like some people say they was better off with Chris Paul – you guys, people would say, "Well, with Russell Westbrook, they're a faster team." Granted, their offense has gotten faster, but their defense has suffered. They lost their defensive coordinator. Um, dang, I forgot his name. Uh, I forget I forgot his name. I can't even pull, it. I can't even think of it right now. But they lost a defensive coordinator, which was a big part of like keeping their defense together. And you can argue, maybe say that Chris Paul is a better defender, than Russ, even at this age. I personally think Russ is better, even though like he doesn't really put as much effort in defense as he used to. But I think when he Wants to, I think he could be a better defender than um, than uh, was than Chris Paul, but that's my opinion. You can all just dis- disagree if you want to. I don't care. But what is the problem? To me, I think it's D'Antoni at this point. Um, and if you notice at the beginning of the season, um, the the, gen- the owner of the team, um, think not Daryl Morey, that's the GM. Uh, dang, I forgot the owner's name, but he did not give D'Antoni an extension on his contract, and which is very uh, surprising because, like, at this point, it's like, I gave you Westbrook. We upgraded from Chris Paul to Westbrook. But you look at that, as an upgrade. I do. I do. And this is championship expectation. This is a championship team. You have the same team, essentially, as you had last season. You just traded one player. You got Westbrook instead of Chris Paul. So, essentially, with two MVPs on your team, And still in their prime, you would think that this is a championship team. So why aren't they the top team in the West? Personally, me, I think it's D'Antoni. I think it comes to the point where he needs to get questioned about what he's doing how he's coaching his team. Because if you look at it and the way they play, if you look at how they played when Chris Paul first got there, him and James Harden were staggering minutes. They were still playing well, and they ended up having the number one seed in the West. Last season, however... They were still they was playing. They they started off bad actually, and then uh, Chris Paul went out. And the month of December last season, that's when James Harden started going off. That's when he started having this this turd, just scoring points, going for like forty, going 30, 50, like just scoring. And that's when we start seeing the offense of that of that system change to just being James Warren being so ball dominant and basically being the point guard. So when Chris Paul came back, that's where it kind of like conflicted a little bit between the two. And they had to, like, figure it out, like, uh, like how's it going to change? And then Tony didn't really change the system. He just expected Chris Paul to just adjust. Well, that didn't job too well with Chris Paul. And, like, just, like, in there, you could see in the way they played with each other. And, ultimately, they didn't get the job done as they lost in Weston Stemmys last season to the Warriors. So, it's, I would think that they adjusted the system. And we've seen Russell Westbrook kind of taking a back seat because people thinking, oh, they have the highest usage rate in NBA history. How they gonna coexist with each other? Like, Russell Westbrook is not. I always been an advocate saying that like Russell Westbrook is not as ball dominant as people make it seem. But if you if you notice, Paul George is an MVP candidate last season, had his best career with best best season. I should say his best season with Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant also run it uh, won an MVP with Russell Westbrook on his team. So it's like, how can you really say that when these players are still shining? With Russell Westbrook on their team, like, he's not as ball dominant. I say that with players that he could trust and that, that are actually really good, he gives them their time to shine, and it's like, he'll take a backseat. Like, Russell Westbrook's not even averaging a triple-double this season. He's really not. His numbers is, like, his, like for the past couple years, since he teamed up with Paul George and Melo when they first got the OKC, like, his scoring average has actually like, been dropping. He's just been average, He's been able to average triple-double those uh, last three seasons with OKC. He's not even averaging triple-double this season. And, like, you don't hear too many people talk about it because, like, that's that's not the storyline they want. They want to act like, oh, Russell needs to do this. Russell needs to do that. They really don't. James Harden is still averaging the most points in the league right now, close to 40 points, with Russell Westbrook on his team. So it's not Russell's fault. You can't blame him. And you... Like I said, where well, James the way James Harden is shooting right now, he has to get better at the shooting. He just has to. Like it's it's not looking too good. He's still getting like to the foul line, getting some points, which he is a a master of of getting to the foul line. He's a he's a artist, if you will, when it comes to that. But as far as like the team and the way they play and their defense, their defense is abysmal this year. They have one of the worst defensive uh, uh, efficiencies in the league right now. They need to get better. So what I I see what I see for coming is that at the end of the season. With them not getting i say they'll make it—I'll say they'll make it to the Western Semis. As a Rockets fan, I'm being honest with myself. I'm, they're going to make it to the Western Semis because we all know it's going to be the Clippers and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. The way the, the West is looking and the way just the whole NBA is looking, which is going to lead to my next topic. Like I see them getting to the West Western Semis, and from that point, we'll see that Tony get fired. Because, like I said, they have a good team around them. We'll see D'Antoni get fired, and they need to bring a new coach. Who would that be? Who is a good coach? Fisdale? I don't, I don't know how, how they will. Now nah, I don't know. Fisdale, maybe. Um, well, Mark Jackson, he's still up, and he's still out there. There's some good coaches out there. Maybe they'll probably still still a coach from somebody's, from somebody's team. We'll see that as the season progress. We'll start hearing more rumbles about that later on in the season because, Maybe it's still January. Maybe D'Antoni can flip it around. He can find a way. He got till April. And the way it's looking, they're still in the playoff contention. So it's not too much of a worry. But come playoff time and when they lose, it's going to become a problem. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become evident. They're like, yeah, this needs to change. Because at, at that point, it won't be the players. It will be D'Antoni. So, and like I said, this leads to my next topic, talking about just the Western Conference standings and just the NBA itself. Because... When we started this season off, a lot of us, including myself, was very hopeful, thinking, like, this is going to be one of the best, like, NBA seasons of all time. Like, the league is so evenly, excuse me, it's so evenly balanced. Like, we're going to see good teams. Like, there's so many championship contenders. We thought off saying that, like, okay, both L.A. teams are uh, championship contenders, Utah, Denver, Houston. Uh, We also thought that maybe the Trailblazers, because the way they play, they always, like, make find a way to make it work. You can never count the Spurs. Uh, we thought that as well. Some people thought that the Pelicans can like sneak into the playoffs, the Warriors. Um, and in the East we had the Bucks, we had the 76ers, the Celtics, maybe then we wasn't really expecting the Nets because KD's not playing, but that's more than like let's see, that's that's like what, 10 or 10 or more like uh contenders I just named? I don't really count them so don't don't judge me on that. But like a lot of us we thought like this this is going to be a well balanced season. Now in January going into February 1st tomorrow, we only need to see really just three NBA championship contenders. Both LA teams and the Bucks. Outside of that like no other teams are like that dominating or they're like like uh like we're not so sure on like even though the nuggets are tied with the clippers right now for number 2 seed in the west. We not not everybody is sold on the nuggets being championship contenders. They made it to the Western semis last year they lost to Portland in game 7. I don't know. know. CJ McCollum, I guess. But <laughs> oh my My guess, but not, not everybody is sold on the nuggets being championship contenders. They're still they still relatively young. Um I think Michael Porter is playing well right now and I think eventually the more he plays, I think Next season, <laughs> I know everybody's like, oh, this next season stuff. I think next season maybe they'll have a chance. But this season, I don't see them beating the Clippers or the Lakers if they see them in the playoffs. I don't see that happening. I really don't. Not in a seven-game series. Uh, The Jazz, I definitely don't see that happening. The Rockets, we just talked about them. Their defense is abysmal. I don't see them beating the Clippers or the, or the Lakers in the seven-game series. Um, The Mavericks, they're number six uh, seed in the West, which – I'll give credit. My friend, George, he he, he saw them being in the playoffs uh, this year. I didn't really see that. And, like, Luka Doncic, yes, he's a great player. Uh, we see that now. Who's obviously an MVP candidate. And Christoph Porzingis, in the way that Rick Carlisle has been coaching that team and how they uh, become, like, one of the top uh, teams in the league in, in terms of, like, shooting threes and just their offensive efficiency. We didn't see that coming. But they're playing really well. But I don't see them beating, like I said, any of those teams – not the Lakers, not the Clippers in a seven-game series. So they got some young pieces on that team, and it's going, take a time for, it's going to take time for them to really gel. And I was hearing them talk about the game before I came over here today, talk about, like, how Kristaps is there. He's playing good, but, like, he's not playing like the Kristaps we saw in New York. And we know, like, if you see these players coming off these big injuries, like we've seen Gordon Hayward and Paul George come off their big injuries, it'll take about two seasons after they come back to really get back to their full selves. Like we see Gordon Hayward playing really well this year. I think he didn't do too well last season, coming off his nasty uh, leg injury that he suffered in the first game of the season, of what was that 2017 season against the Cavs. And we saw Paul George, when he snapped his leg at the Team USA exhibition, we seen how he played after he came back, and he progressively got better. So it just takes time. So Porzingis, will, in, in theory, will be a better player come next season. And to seeing him and Luca play together is gonna be just crazy to watch. Cause they already got a good team right now, with some good pieces around them. I say they they get a, a couple more pieces. Tim Hardaway is playing good this year as well. Or Dorian Finney Smith stepped up. They lost Dwight Powell, uh, like last week to Achilles injury. Um, so we seeing some of the pieces that they have. I think next season they'll be better. They'll be a better team, but not this season. They're not ready. The Thunder, shockingly, they're in the playoffs too. But as we like. As we see, as we going down, as I'm going down this uh, standings, like the the requirements to get in the playoffs in the West, because we we always talk about the Western Conference being like, oh, this is such a dominant, it's such a dominant conference. Like, how can anybody beat like anybody in the West? Like, it's so hard to get in the playoffs. Like, now looking at it, the Thunder are in the playoffs with a 29 and 20 record. Okay, but at the AC, this is where it's like, all right, people can hop in here. At the AC, we have the Grizzlies. Who, nobody. Who thought the Grizzlies were going to be in the playoffs this year? So far. Like who? I'm waiting. Not me. I didn't think that. With John, I like John. I'm a big John Morant fan. Shout out John Morant. I saw him play EKU last year. Good guy. I like him. He's going to be a star in this league. <laughs> who, like, who thought they that they would be in the playoffs right now? They have a record of 24 and 25. When's the last time we saw a below 500 team in the Western Conference in playoff contention? What? Like when? Like I remember last season, teams was fighting against in the Western Conference last season with the Clippers, the Kings, and the, I think it was them two. It was another team I might not be thinking right now. But like just, it, like how? And you have below them. The Spurs is looking outside the playoffs, which I hope they don't because then they'll ruin the streak that they have. For being in the playoffs for about, what, 20 years? Or, like, 20 seasons, I should say, so or, or more? Like, that would be crazy if the Spurs... They 21-26. So, unless they get go on a run or something, or I, I don't know. The Trailblazers, they they out the playoffs. They number Like I said, they had a 10th seed with 21 and 27. Then you have, like, the Suns, who's 20 and 27, and the Pelicans, who I thought maybe <laughs> was sneaking through the playoffs at number eight. Maybe... not actually... No, I didn't. I didn't think he was gonna make it. I, I had him as a hopeful, so it, like at number nine. But like I, I didn't think to get hurt, and he's just now coming back, and they're actually playing really well. Brandon Ingram, who is an all star, shout, <laughs> shout, shout out, out, out one hundred and fifty bi man. So <laughs> <The laughs> well, I didn't see, I didn't see Brandon Ingram becoming an all star, but I know like a like a nation is like fuming right now because uh, where's Cal Kuzma? Lazo's starting to play well too So, like, yeah, just looking at that Just in the West, like wh- What teams outside the Lakers and the Clippers Do you really see getting to the finals? Like, like like I said, I'm a Rock I am partially a Rockets fan because of Russell Westbrook So that is a team I root for I am a fan of the Nuggets as well Not like an actual, like, hoorah, hoorah fan of the Nuggets But I always liked them just for over the years I just like their style of play they always been fast paced and they always been fun to watch throughout the years from Carmelo to uh, AI when AI Mello was there to when uh, Ty Lawson was there with Kenneth Reed, Nick Gadala, Randy Foy. This different, pl- like, I don't, I just like them for years. I don't know why. I don't know. And the Nuggets is also a cool name to me and their colors are cool. I don't know. It sounds childish. But, <laughs> but who else really seen them? Like, who else, who else do you see in that? And then if we go to the Eastern Conference, like, the Bucks. Who I didn't even think was gonna be as good this year. I I thought with them losing Malcolm Brogdon would hurt them a bit, but this team got better. <laughs> they gotten better with the, like what they have. So they got they lost Brogdon. They um they had everybody else to stay there. They lost who else? they lost another a good bench player too. Um damn, I don't I can't think of it right now. My my mind's blank for it, but. We all thought they wasn't gonna be the number one team in the East. We all thought that was gonna belong to the 76ers. But the Bucks have the best record in the league right now 41-6. And I say Giannis Antetokounmpo is gonna be MVP again. Because how can you not how can you deny this man's play? Like he has the best record in the league. He has crazy numbers going on, last time I said he was like what 30 points uh, what 15 re- uh, rebounds or, or like 12 rebounds a game. I just uh, I said 15. That's Jesus. This man had 15 rebounds. God about twelve rebounds a game has the highest PER in NBA history. Like what? Like, this guy's crazy. Like he's carrying like this team, and we've seen them play well without Giannis being there. Like last week, Chris Milton dropped fifty one points. Who I didn't think is gonna be an All Star again this year. He's still somehow he being All Star because he hasn't been playing as well, but he's stepping up recently. And like this team is a well coached team under Mike Bootenhose and they got some good pieces around him, where Eric Bledsoe, George Hill. Wesley Matthews was a good addition. Kyle Corver. They got Robin Lopez as well as Brooke Lopez, who's been there. So we and we've seen these pieces going around Giannis. And like it's you there's nobody that's no other team in the East who I can see right now beating them. We have the Raptors at number two, who I didn't see even being in the top 10 this year coming off of losing Kawhi. Pascal Siakam is playing like an MVP candidate. Not top five, as some people would say. But he's, he's he's like number seven if you want to do a top ten list of MVP candidates. But he's playing really well. Uh, and just that team in general, you haven't, I think last time I checked, I think Pascal was averaging 23 points, I think, last time I checked. Um, and you have Kyle Lowry, who a guy named All-Star, who's averaging 20 points. And he just broke the record for becoming an all-time assist leader in Toronto Raptors history. And I think he's trailing in points to uh, Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, and DeMar DeRozan which I can see him breaking, which is not, which it's, it's not going to be something hard. I can see him breaking that eventually. He stays with that team If after they just gave him that one uh, that one year extension for like what $35 million that he signed in the offseason. Um So was I, shout jury to him because he put this team together and they still playing well. And shout out to Nick nurse who's coaching his team and the players on his team as well. Fred Van Vliet. Uh, we've seen Serge Ibaka is still on the team. He's still playing well. Um, uh, I haven't, those are like just key players that I know off the top of my head that's playing well. OG and Obi, who stepped back up in the starting lineup, I think last time I checked, they got Rodney Hollis Jefferson in the summer. Uh, they got a couple other rookies, too. But this has been a, a well-played team this year, the Celtics. Um, they got 32-15. They're playing real well, too. Um, a lot of people saying, oh, they're playing better without Kyrie. That's a whole argument for a different day. I'm not – because I'm getting tired of people saying that's not on Kyrie. It's really not. But they're playing well. The heat. Who uh, last time I checked they was number two, but now they are number four in the East with a thirty-two and fifteen record. Who are playing surprisingly well? Nobody's. I didn't see them being in this high in in the East. I saw them making the playoffs like at number seven, number eight, but at number four they playing real well with two all stars on their team: uh, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Obviously, uh, Tyler Harrow is playing real good as a rookie. Shout out to Tyler Hero. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, who's playing surprisingly well too. I didn't, I don't know who, where this guy came from. He's playing real well. They got a guy, Duncan Robinson, as well. Kelly Olynyk, uh, Myers Leonard. Um, they got uh, Silva. They got his first name. They got that guy too. They and Eric Spoelstra, of course, is a championship coach. Pat Riley is a championship ran organization. So from top to bottom, it's just a good organization, and it makes you think. I heard some rumblings. I heard some rumblings that if the Bucs can't get it done. Will we see Giannis Antetokounmpo go to South Beach or Golden State, to be exact? I don't know. I just keep that in mind, people. My Indiana Pacers are number five uh, with 31-17. Victor Oladipo just came back on uh, Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls, uh, hitting a three to go to overtime, actually, where the, the Pacers won that game. Shout out to Oladipo. Glad you're back, son. Uh, looking forward to to a good season because we've been playing good without Oladipo. And the Pacers, they've been they've been a consistent team, um, just playing well. Sabonis so is name for a first-time All-Star on that team as well. Brogdon is on that. Excuse me. A lot of bursts today. <clears throat> Malcolm Brogdon's on that team as well. Uh, and then we got the 76ers, who a lot of people picked to come out to East this year. Uh, well, no, not what I don't want it, people. Go back. Uh, who a lot of people picked to come out to East this year. I kind of did too, but one glaring thing as I watched them play and just in general, they are a big team, but they can't shoot. They can't shoot at all. They really, like, I watched them play like, live, and they're not a good, like, shooting team. Uh, you have Ben Simmons, who've been playing really well without Joel Embiid, and a lot of these questions have been going around for these past couple of seasons, but this season, it's probably a little bit more evident. It makes you wonder, would they need to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Because with Ben Simmons not being able to shoot as well, and now you had the addition of Al Horford, who can space the floor, but he can play inside the paint as well, um... It makes you wonder with the with the way these two play, and like I said, Ben Sim's not being able to shoot, can they coexist, or do we have to get rid of one or the other, and who would you keep, which is a good question i consistency wise Ben Simmons is better because he hasn't he doesn't get hurt as much, and he's a point and he's such a like we don't see us like he's seven, like six foot ten almost seven foot point guard with his ball, like, his his way he plays in transition, and his passing ability, and, like, just having such a big guard, such a, he's just a good person to have, and he's he's, he's good, averaging, what, 16-8-8, he's good, with Joel Embiid, who's been considered, like, one of the best centers in the league, like, you, it makes you, like, uh, I don't know, man, I I don't know on that one, I, uh, Let's see how Joel B plays the rest of this season. I'll go from there because I don't know. Because Joel is really good too. But like I said, he gets hurts a lot. And that can hurt a team, especially if you get rid of Ben Simmons. Because Lord knows, if Ben Simmons wasn't there, God, that team would be abysmal. At least in my eyes. Because Tobias Harris, <laughs> high-way, highway robbery of the century, man. $180 million contract. <laughs> but what? <laughs> but what? what do he do? what do he do to get $180 million? I don't know. You got your money, players. Salute to you, dog. But hey, I don't know. The Nets are number seven uh, with twenty-one and twenty-six. Nobody really expecting them to be as good this year without Kevin around. I Me, mean, yeah, with Kyrie, he's there, but he missed about twenty-seven, twenty-eight games now after missing uh, the game against the Knicks earlier this week. Um, he's they have they haven't been playing as well, and they're still trying to figure it out. And that whole controversy of like Kyrie's comment that he made a couple of weeks ago talking about they need one or two pieces to compete for a championship, which I believe so too. Because people will say, Oh, well, Kyrie, he, he's there, he should step up the team. But it's like we see how they play without Kyrie there. And people like, Oh, well, they was the sixth seed last season with the Russell. Yeah. I mean they was they linger around the same like the same like area, same seeding as they was last year with Without Kyrie Now Kyrie's back And he's playing more consistently I will hope they get better and Maybe rise to a fifth seed But if that happens I hope the Pacers rise up So they don't fall Um, But Championship expectation Is not one of their things this season they not They wasn't going this season Expecting championship expectation This is kind of like a trial run To see like How the team is going to run with Kyrie Because when Kevin Durant Comes back next season They're a championship contender Like it's That's Kevin Durant Granted he tore his Achilles Kevin Durant with a tour in Keeley's, I'll say at most, this man average 25. He averages 25. Put up, I say, I think he'll get like, what, seven rebounds, about what, four assists. That's still pretty efficient. And you know, Kevin Durant's an efficient, very efficient guy. It just happened on the floor. It's, it's a game changer going alongside with Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and those other guys like Jared Allen. And uh, it was the channel that's coming back to Garrett Temple. Like, it's. Uh, Joe Harris, like it they got some good players, but it's just they just gotta find a way to just get it together. And the Magic at the a seed, they always make the playoffs uh, at least some way somehow. They, I don't know, I don't pay too much attention to them. My cousin's a big fan of the Magic, but hey, that's not my team. But yeah, that's just like the whole point of like, there's really only three championship contenders now when we really just look at it. There's only three just championship contenders. So it's like, is is this what we thought the season was going to be like? No. Is like, the playoffs still going to be interesting? I believe so. I think there's still going to be some good matchups in the earlier rounds, but as, as the games progress and as we get to the later rounds, we know, in my mind, it's going to be the Clippers and the Bucks. That's what I think it's going to be. All right. Unless they find a way to beat Giannis again in the playoffs and like slow him down and get him out the paint. Which, which team will do that? I don't know. The Celtics is too small to me. The Raptors... Oh, the Raptors beat them again. Oh wow. That'd be crazy. Um, the Heat, they're small too. Uh I don't think I don't see them doing that. So I don't know. I I say the Clippers win the championship this year. I don't care what you Lakers fans think. I don't care what some of you basketball pundits think either because of Kobe's death that the Lakers are gonna go harder. LeBron will go harder. Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George are fans of Kobe Bryant as well. And they're also a better team than Lakers. They're going to a championship, and they will win. Mark my words. So that's what I have to say on that subject. Um, (laughs) To my next topic, uh, that was a little scuffle, a little fight in the NBA. Who doesn't like a fight in the NBA? We don't see those as often as we used to back in the day. Well, I never seen them. I was too young to even see them as much as they did back in the day. I'm not that old. But (laughs) But there was a fight uh at the at the Knicks and Grizzly game. The Grizzlies was beating the Knicks. Who who doesn't beat up on the Knicks nowadays in Master Square Garden? And um there was a point at the last remaining seconds of the game when we seen uh Jay Crowder steal an inbound pass and go for a corner three to which Elfra Payton, who looked vividly frustrated at that point, comes out and closes out on, on Jay Crowder. It's not and not do it like a regular close out, but pushes his man. Like two hand pushes, man. <laughs> Excuse me. That was another bird. God, leave. today. yesterday, <laughs> and pushes this man. Um, uh, and like they get into it, get into a little scuffle. Um, it, it, I don't know, man. Should he have done that? I don't know. Maybe not because like it's the Knicks. Like, what you doing? And, Like, into Jay Crown's defense, he because Timothy Uh Ledger he talked he uh talked about it on his Twitter. He said, "Um, I take on the hostilities tonight." Between New York Knicks and Memphis Grizzlies. What the hell was J- at Jay Crowder? Well, he put his little ad name. I don't know what Jay Crowder's ad name is supposed to be. At cjc 9 balls. I don't know. Uh, Thank you. Seriously. And if someone says play to the final buzzer, then I know they have never played ball at any level. 18-point lead? 50 seconds left? Still in the inbounds? Shooting a three? Two laughing emojis. And with to which uh Jay Crowder uh quoted the tweet and said, Hey Tim, he did this at all caps. Hey Tim, with all due respect, I only play one way and that's hard and that's hard to the buzz of sounds. I'm sorry if it disgusts you. I know Knicks are your team, but you should tell them to play harder and less talking. Two hands out emoji. <laughs> I, this is fun. Like I I don't know. It was like a little scuffle that came from that uh, Jaron Jackson, another player from the Grizzlies, got suspended for that. Um, I think one of the Morris's uh, twins, who who was on that team, Marcus Marcus Morris, got suspended for that, and um, I think Alfred Alfred definitely got suspended for that. Um, so yeah, and it and you there was a video that surfaced online because like I said, nobody pays attention to the Knicks anymore. That it was the fans in the arena chanting uh, sell the team, and I remember if you go back, I think it was last season, two seasons ago. Where Dolan, James Dolan was walking out, who's the owner of the team, was walking out the arena or walking through the tunnel, I should say. And a fan yelled at him, sell the team. And he got that fan booted from the arena. So now it's not just one person saying this. It's the whole entire arena chanting this. And that's a lot of people to boot from the arena. You're going to lose your fan base if you do that, Dolan. And it's like, my question is, would the Knicks ever be a prominent team in the NBA again? And years to come, because this this offseason was the off offseason that a lot of the Knicks fans were thinking, like, oh, this is going to be the offseason. We're like, oh, we're going to get KD. We're going to draft Zion. We're going to get Kyrie. I was underbelieving that was going to happen, maybe, because they had one of, if not the worst record in the league last season. Um, So I was like, I said they're going to get a good draft pick. They can, they can probably get number one, get Zion. And then when it became evident after the draft flyer, they didn't get the number one pick. They got the number three. All right, we don't get Zion. But we can get KD and and Kyrie, and I thought, okay, KD, Kyrie, and R.J. Bird, that's not a bad parent. KD and Kyrie was not coming to, to that organization, not with James Dolan there. It's just a a bad stench around the New York Knicks organization and just that team. It's like what can I compare? It's like that, um, <laughs> you know, if you have food in your refrigerator that you just put in there one night he just left it in there. You just forget about it. Like, I don't know. You come home from just a wild night or whatever. You just bring home some food. And the food sits in that refrigerator. You go, let it sit there for a couple of days. And you walk by, you just have a little foul stench. like, this. something just don't smell. It's like, Ugh, what is that smell? This is a foul stench. That's just what the New York Knicks are. They just sitting there lingering around. You don't know what it is, but it's there. And they just like, ah, oh, God. The Knicks... I don't know, the Knicks in my lifetime since I've been alive, to my memory, they haven't been as they they have never been a team that's like, oh my gosh, the New York Knicks. They have been like a uh like it just a dominant franchise, or just a franchise you look up to, like you like you would the Lakers, or like the Warriors, or you like the Celtics, and when they was going at the Heat, when they was like big, like just the just some of these teams you wouldn't like nobody really like like yeah they had like a a good little run when Melo was there with Amari Stoudemire and like Chauncey Billups when he was there for a little bit. Uh, just some people, Jeremy Lin, Tyson, like they had like a a decent little run. But it was like. It didn't amount to nothing really in the end. So it was like, uh, I don't know. The Knicks, where they go from here? Cause they signed some questionable players in the offseason? signing, like what? Four players at the same position. And Bobby Portis, Markeith Morris, uh, Tosh Gibson, and uh, Julius Randle. So it was like, I don't know what they're doing. So uh, if you're a Knicks fan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to do for you, man. I don't know or lady, I'm sorry. I don't know. But let's get into the next topic. Um we're going to close out the show with this. All-star game is coming up in 2 weeks. Um not this. well, it, it's no, it's. Yeah, it's 2 weeks. Okay. It is 2 weeks. It's Valentine's Day weekend. So all-star game is coming up in 2 weeks. Um so we we've initially found the starters of the, of the all-star teams. Uh well, just not yeah, just the starters actually cuz they got to still do the draft. Uh, LeBron and Giannis do Because they got the most votes In their respective conferences Uh, From the west We had uh, LeBron James Kawhi Leonard Anthony Davis uh, Luka and James Harden Um, From the east These are the starters We had uh, Kimball Walker Trey Young um, Pascal Siakam uh, Joel Embiid And Giannis Antetokounmpo And for the reserves That was just named uh, Yesterday I believe Yeah it was yesterday We have From the eastern conference We had Jimmy Butler Cal Larry, uh, Ben Simmons, who I never voted for, I didn't. My, he's not all star, but it's the East, so he is. That's a different topic. He, I guess, he is all star. I guess I don't know. I just, I just feel like Ben Simmons should average more points. I think so. Sixteen, yeah, you got eight and eight, but it's like score some more points for me, Ben Simmons. Give me twenty at least. Twenty, you can give me twenty points, Ben. Um, Chris Middleton, who I say, like I said earlier, he snuck into there. Uh he was playing he was playing well recently. Uh Jason Tatum, first time all-star. Bam Adebayo who's the first time all-star as well. And a bonus. Wayne in the Pacers. Yes, I voted for him. Um, he's in there, first time all-star as well. And for the Western Conference Reserves, we got uh Damian Lillard, uh Donovan Mitchell who's a first time all-star. Jokic, Rudy Gobert, who's finally an all-star. Uh Brandon Ingram, one 150 BI. Uh, he's a first time all-star too. Uh Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. Who wasn't an All Star last year, but playing for the Thunder, he is an All Star this year. So, um, no. Yeah. So we got those for the reserves. Like I said, the draft that the teams will pick, I think, takes place on uh, Monday, the sixth, whenever February sixth is. That's when the draft takes place for when LeBron James and Jonathan Cooper is going to pick their teams. So from there, we'll have like the actual rosters of what their teams are going to do. And um, the league is in, or uh, they put out a new format for how they want the game to go. Uh, I'll read to you how it's supposed to be. They said, uh, so both NBA All-Star Game teams will play for Chicago-based community organizations as selected by team captains Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Uh, The teams will compete to win each of the first three quarters, all of which will start with the score 0-0 and will be 12 minutes long. At the start of the fourth quarter, the game clock will be turned off and the final target score will be set. The final target score will be determined by taking the leading team's total cumulative score through three quarters and adding 24 points. 24 representing the late Kobe Bryant's uniform number. And once the final score is set, the teams will play an untimed fourth quarter. And the first team to reach the final target score will win the NBA All-Star Game. And to give an example. So, for example, if the cumulative score of the the first three quarters is 100 to 95, the final target score will be set at 124. To win the NBA All-Star Game, the team with 100 points will need to score 24 points in the fourth quarter before the team with the 95 points scores 29 points and vice versa. The community organization selected by the winner of each of the first three quarters will receive 100000 and a total of 300000 donated to charity for those three quarters. The winner of each of the first three quarters will be the team with the highest score at the end of the 12-minute quarter. The, winner, the winning team in the NBA All-Star Game i.e. the team that reaches a final target score first, will earn $200,000 for its designated community organization. So, uh, with that being said, there's like a little charitable aspect that's been added to the All-Star game this year, which is good. And I've seen some people like being confused by this format. So basically, each quarter is a new game, essentially, from what I've read and what I'm like looking at. So each quarter is a new game, and whoever wins each quarter they'll get, like, their team will, whatever charity they're, like, donating to will get that, uh, the funds for that charity, I guess. And, um, yeah. And the fourth quarter, they'll put the scoreboard back, they'll add all the points from the first three quarters, and they'll add, so, yeah. Yeah. So, they'll add all those three uh, uh points together, and they'll set a final target score. So, Whoever has the highest point, they'll add 24 to that and it will be the final target score. So whoever gets to that points first, like it says here, if it's a 100 to 95, whoever gets to 124 first, wins the game. So a lot of people is kind of like, like I said, they're confused. And at the same time, they're like, they're iffy about it. I mean, it's, I don't know. it's I can, I don't, I wouldn't see, I don't know. I just, I'll just let it see how it goes. The NBA is always trying something out new um i say like i see i like how they're respecting um paying tribute to Kobe Bryant i think last time i checked too i think they're also um yeah so the NBA announced friday with well, today that all players on team lebron will wear gianna's number 2 and all players on team gianna's will wear uh number 24 which is good so they are like still paying tribute in that aspect as well so i like how there's, like a kobe themed uh, All star game going on here, and how they like everybody will wear number two on LeBron's team and 24 will be on Team Giannis, which is a cool aspect as well. But with this format, like I say, just taking off the score each quarter, I mean, I guess it could be cool. I because I don't know if it's really gonna take away the competitive aspect of it. Because I see, I guess, with them adding back the final target score in the, the, the fourth quarter and adding 24 points to it, that's still keeping it competitive because it's like you still trying to get this goal you try and you trying to reach that 24 points. So it's more so of a charitable aspect cuz it's like you're not only playing just to win and like just have supreme of like who the better players are, but if you win, your charity wins $300,000, which is good too. So it's a good cause. So I like that. I think it's I think it's pretty cool when we look at it from that way and that perspective. I think it's pretty cool. So there is also as every All-Star game has. There is also uh, some snubs. Uh, two, The two most notable snubs from the All-Star game this year is uh, Bradley Bill and Devin Booker. Uh, they're the only players in the last 35 years to average 27-plus points per game without making an All-Star game. <sighs> Bradley Bill, um, who's playing on the Washington Wizards, who have been a best move of a team these past, well, two seasons with John Wall being injured. Yeah, John Wall, who remembers that guy? not this playing but he's been playing on a team and like he's averaging 28 points. I think, yeah, 28, 29 points. Devin Booker averaging 27 and 6%. Oh, no, not 6%, 6 assists a game with uh 60% true shooting last time I saw. So they're putting up good numbers. But the case I can make for Devin Booker being in the West with all those guards like Dame, uh, Russ, you seen Luka rising up this year, James Harden. Chris Paul, uh, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, is Devin Booker better than Donovan, Donovan Mitchell? One can argue, one can argue that, but his team has a better record, and that goes to another argument that some people was making, like, is it an individual thing to get an All-Star, or is it a team aspect to get an All-Star, because you'll see some players get awarded to be in an All-Star game because of their contributions to a good team, like Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah, he's in the All-Star game. I saw, like, they, they, they were talking on TNT saying, well, Bradley Beal should be in over him. I think it shouldn't have came down to Bradley Beal and uh, Kyle Lowry. I think it should have came down to Bradley Beal and Chris Middleton, in my opinion. I think Bradley Beal is better than Chris Middleton. So, I think that should have been one you'd have probably got it over with. But, like, they were, like Kenny was making a point on there saying how um, Bradley Beal... How uh, Kyle Lowry is a is a contributing player on one on the second best team in the East, averaging twenty points, and I I don't want I don't know his assists off the top of my head, but average, but contributed twenty points with Pascal Siakam, who's an All Star starter, who also averages over twenty points. Just them them two together and having the record they have, it just shows that like you're All Star worthy, which I feel is another reason why Chris Milton is on there as well because he's playing with such a great player with Giannis, and he's putting up a good at least decent numbers, and you contributing to the amount of wins. At that point it kind of plays in it, but it's like, is it fully individual? Because we see Trey Young, who is an all-star, but he but he's on a team that has like one of the worst, if not the worst, records in the NBA. But well, his numbers are so undeniable. It's like, you gotta put this guy in there. And the way they vote for the starters is by fan vote. So that's also a big part into it as well. And the reserves are picked by the coaches. So it's just people can just question and ask, like, how how are these players picked? Because, Like Devin Bookie, yeah, but he's in the Western Conference, he's kind of like how Mike, he'll probably end up being like how Mike Conley be. Because until, like, I guess, I could see him probably being in the next year, actually. I could see him being next year because Chris Paul slid, slid in there because of the way the Thunder are playing, and he, I could see him being there next year. Um, but Bradley Bill, yeah, that was something that definitely this year I could see him being in the all star game over Chris Middleton, but just by the coaches, I guess they get- <laughs> <laughs> they got to take it up with some of the coaches. That's not that's not on us. That's not on. Yeah, part of it is fan vote, but most of it is on the coaches. So that's just something they got to take up with them. But, hey, that's all I have to talk about today. Uh, thank you all for joining me on my first episode of Trey Ball. Um, I don't have any music right now, but there will be some music coming soon. So to keep you all a little bit entertained, there will be intro and outro. Uh, there will be a logo, too, besides just seeing my face. I know you're just tired looking at my face like, Ugh. that's playing. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for joining me today for Trey Ball. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Share it with your friends if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, Apple, I mean iTunes, and Spotify. And uh, yeah. Peace out. I'm done.